Like people are always like, one day I'll wear the beautiful dress. One day I'll use grandma's china. One day, one day, one day. But what if one day is today? Like that's what the luxury experience is. Welcome to On Your Terms with Erin King, a show about living a life you truly love. Here's Erin. When you hear the word luxury, what comes to mind for you? Do you think about luxury cars, boats, yachts, planes? And do you feel jealous? Do you feel joyful? Or do you feel judgy? (laughs) Today's expert is one of my dearest friends. She is an incredible, incredible Australian who is very high energy. She's a motivational keynote speaker, a sales and leadership coach, and she has written nine, count them, nine books, and also been named one of the top 30 leadership speakers by Global Gurus. She has worked with some small companies like Viacom, Comcast, Cisco, Virgin, Pfizer, BMW, and the FBI. Neen James is our guest today, and she dives into what she calls her four luxury archetypes. She helps us understand why luxury matters and how to figure out someone else's luxury mindset so you can appeal to them in a more powerful, influential, and aligned way. This conversation is so interesting as we dive into our individual stories, our individual mindsets around the finer things in life, what they mean, and how they help us celebrate our hard-earned work and accolades. Great episode. You're going to love this one. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Erin King here, and welcome to today's episode of On Your Terms. Friends, I know I say this often, and I sound like a broken record, but this time I really, really mean it. Today's guest is one of my actual all-time favorite humans on planet Earth. She's one of the brightest, most generous, kind, thoughtful people I've honestly ever had the pleasure of knowing. One of my dearest friends, and we've been in a mastermind together, you guys, for the last five years that has truly transformed not only my my business, but my mindset, the way that I hold myself to a different standard around my network, around how I think about service through my career, and just someone that just makes me laugh, makes me smile, and truly serves only the best champagne. Success Magazine friends, please meet one of my dearest friends, Mean James. G'day, gorgeous. What a treat to get to finally hang out on your podcast. I love what you're doing with Success Magazine. This podcast is fantastic. The guest list is insane. Well, especially today, let's be honest. I was looking at my schedule last night and I texted you at like, I don't know, probably 9 p.m. my time, midnight your time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am so excited to have you on the show. And then my next question was, gosh, where do we go? Because there is so much, you've had so many iterations throughout your career and there's so many directions that we could take the next 45 minutes that I know will serve our community and have them just fired up to go out there and live life on their terms. You have written books on productivity, on time management. You have written motivational, inspirational speeches. You have really been someone that has coined a phrase that has guided my business, um, this idea of systemized thoughtfulness. Like how are we more intentional around like relationships we cultivate? But we're not talking about any of that today. And for those episodes, by the way, Google Neen James podcast. There's plenty of those. My old podcast, Highlights with Aaron King, has an episode about all of those things. Today, we're talking about your brand new juicy topic that I got to hear firsthand in Tampa, Florida about two weeks ago. We were at our mastermind group and you 
unveiled this new body of work that you have been diligently researching, creating archetypes, working with a major research firm to create this incredible study around a concept that I think many of our listeners probably had a similar reaction to when I first heard it. But then the more I begin to understand your take, I begin to understand that this is something that we don't talk about enough. And yet Mm -hmm. it's something that we all inherently are striving for. And that Mm -hmm. is the concept of luxury. So tell us, what is your unique take that you'd like the world to be thinking differently about the role of luxury in our lives, the role it plays in our business, the role it plays in our mindset, the role it plays in our happiness, and kind of what led you to developing this new body of work? So two things that you've said. The first thing I want to just jump on is you've used the word iterations, that I've had so many iterations in my body of work. And I think everyone listening to this, if you track your career, if you track as a thought leader, if that's how you show up in the world, I think you have to constantly be iterating in the body of work that you have in order to stay current and relevant. Mm -hmm. And I think that in combination with, I've had this belief that luxury is a mindset. And so, Erin, and I know we speak a lot about mindset on your podcast, right, because we know it's one of the things that makes us successful. But luxury is not necessarily expensive. You see, I think luxury is all about experiences, not things. And I believe luxury is something we all deserve every day. And you and I were joking when the world went on fire. Every day I was posting on social media different ways you could bring luxury into your experience, right? So if you're at home, what would that look like if you're at work, commuting, traveling? I've always had this belief luxury is a mindset. So I went to a research firm, Audience Audit, who I love, and I said to them, so luxury is a mindset. Can you just go out and find me some research on that? And they were like, well, I mean, it doesn't doesn't really work like that. What they said was, we will do an attitudinal study around luxury and let's see what it unveils. So I went into this thinking, Erin, there's one luxury mindset. We should all be luxury lovers and let's bring it into our everyday, at work, at home, in our community. What was interesting about this research, and remember this research study was of leaders who had purchased luxury in the last 12 months, people, and it was not a demographic, not about what money they earned, not about the positions they held. It was what do they think about luxury. Mm. See, I think, Erin, a lot of the time brands are concerned about how do people feel about luxury. And in actual fact, I wanted to know what do they think about luxury? Because you and I know thoughts create feelings. So what we discovered was this. There's not one luxury mindset. There's four. Mm. And so what we were able to very clearly understand is that there are four mindsets when it comes to luxury. And if you're listening to this, let's say you're in a sales role and you are responsible for communicating with clients, you want to know who is the client in front of you so that you can then speak the luxury language that's most going to appeal to them. And that's why I think I got so excited about the research, Erin, because not only did I discover the four luxury mindsets, we were able then to create a luxury language dictionary to help people speak the right luxury language for the types of people they want to attract. Mm -hmm. Okay. Everyone loves an archetype. We all want to figure out, are we Carrie? Are we Samantha? Are we a Miranda? You know, uh, Charlotte combo hybrid. We had this conversation in Tampa 
And I really want to get into these archetypes because I know already everyone's thinking, ooh, what's my luxury archetype? Uh, But before we dive into that, I want to just pause and take a step back a little bit into... I realized, you know, when I have a guest that I know so well as I know you, I forget sometimes that not everyone knows you the way that I do. So let's just pause and go a little bit personal for a second before we dive into the archetypes. So do you mind sharing with our audience why luxury is so central to the essence of how you experience the world for you personally? Why, Why is this such an important topic for you? I was born in the tiniest of towns in Australia called Lismore. There was not even a traffic light when I was little. I was raised by a single mother, my my sister and I. So mom, and that was not like a thing back then. We were yeah. like the only kids at school that didn't have two parents. You know, it was very, a, a very weird time in our society. And mom worked, she cleaned houses, she picked vegetables, she, you know, whatever she could do. And so I remember thinking, what mum was great at was creating beauty in our home. We didn't have furniture because we couldn't afford it. But what we would have is she would find like a tea chest, like a box, and she would put some linens over it and she'd go pick some flowers and put them in a vase. Well, it was actually a glass doubling as a vase. Mm. And so mum was always looking to create these beautiful moments for us. And I'll never forget that. And what mum demonstrated for me was, okay, we didn't have any money. And, you know, in Australia, they don't call them trailer parks, but we call them caravan parks, but same, same. That was kind of where I came from. And so I think what my mom demonstrated was this ability to create experiences constantly. And so I've looked to do the same thing. I also was raised by a woman who would walk into a room like the hostess of a party and she was like the social butterfly. Well, clearly, for those of you who don't know me, that's where it was role modeled to me. So I think what's happened is, Over the years, I've looked to create experiences for people in my immediate uh, circle, whether it is the clients I serve, the girlfriends I have, and I'm always looking, how can you elevate something? How can you make it just a little bit more special? So it could be fresh flowers on your desk because it brings beauty every day. It could be upgrading the beauty products in your shower. So it's like a little tiny mini spa every time you step in there. Or maybe it's about granting yourself the gift of time where you meditate a little longer or maybe the luxury of hiring a personal trainer or subscribing to an app. So I've always looked to think, how can you elevate something so that it's that incredible experience, not just for you, but then can you share it with others? Now, it is no secret. I am a champagne lover. And so I buy champagne for so many reasons and I love the story of it. I love everything about it, the celebration of it, but I love sharing it. And that's the other thing. I think that luxury in creating memories and experiences is about sharing. So whenever I've been privileged to have something, I'm always very conscious of where I came from and the ability to make sure that I'm always sharing it so that other people can have those experiences too. Does that answer your Mm, question? It's so, thank you for sharing that. And it's interesting because in an Instagram world, we see your profile, for example, and there is, you know, you and Andy are boating in Tampa and you're off on these fabulous vacations and your Louis Vuitton luggage and beautiful champagne. And, you know, similar to you, I mean, I'm fortunate enough, we live in a beautiful beach place as well. And, and so sometimes there's an element where I'm sure that as we look at other, there's always someone's Instagram page that is portraying a more glamorous, more luxurious version of this thing we call life. And I just think it's so important for us to peel back those layers 
first of all, to become more realistic about what's actually happening in our lives, but also to understand what's at the heart of this, what's at the heart of this seeking of luxury mm-hmm. and and why do we do it? And I think as you were talking, you know, it really reminded me of growing up in my house, similar to you, we, we, we grew up sort of middle class. So we didn't, we had all of our basic needs were met. Like we were never afraid of not having food or we never had our, you know, electricity turned off or anything like that. But my grandparents were immigrants from Ireland and both my parents grew up in pretty, you know, blue collar families where they became very practical. When they're not in the world and, you know, raising our family, they were very much like, it was a very scarcity it was a scarcity mm-hmm. energy, you know? We grew up great. My parents were awesome. I was so blessed. <laughs> Everything was fine. But like there was no, it wasn't really about those special moments or the fresh flowers or ordering the dessert if we or appetizer that was never allowed. If you got out to dinner, it was like just dinner and water and like no soda. It's just one percent right. stuff. It's fine. But you just I kind of remember growing up and feeling really drawn to luxurious experiences and luxurious places. And I never mm-hmm. really thought about that being sort of a course correction of of an identity or or a feeling of yeah. scarcity or lack. And so I also share this. We have this in common where I do chase beautiful experiences. I do love sharing them, but I never really thought about it as being sort of seeking these abundant moments, abundant products mm-hmm. to defeat scarcity programming that still lingers within us. And that's a really interesting way to think about why we are so drawn to these moments and these objects. And when you think about, you know, I'm team abundance all the time, right? No matter what. And that was demonstrated to me from a very, very young age. And, you know, if someone would call over, mum would include them in our meal, even if we didn't have a lot. Like mum was always the person who could do that. day she is always the one raising money in her church and making sure she's contributing to the bake sale and all the things right so she is like definitely a phenomenal role model but the other thing that I want everyone to think about is that you have to stop sometimes and just go you know what yeah I'm worth it I'm worth the five extra minutes in meditation or I'm worth the nice pen instead of the cheap pen. I'm worth the more expensive luggage that's going to last for my lifetime as opposed to the $20 one that's going to get damaged. And so I think some of this too, one of the things that came out really clear in the research is that every single archetype, no matter who you are, no matter what your income level, every single person saw luxury as a reward for hard work. And people listening to this podcast, we know they're leaders. And I'm using the word leader. I don't care what your title is. You're a leader because you listen to this podcast. Every one of you listening to this, I want you to remember, not only are you worth it, but one, sometimes those visual reminders or those memories you have from the experience you shared that database that you're creating is evidence that you are worth it. And so not only did the research show that luxury was a reward for hard work, it confirmed for me that luxury is about experiences, not things. Don't get me wrong. I love the things. I love the things because I'm on the road a a majority of my time, like you, Erin, I'm always speaking at conferences, convention centers, hotels, airports. That's where I am. And I don't have all of my things that are beautiful from home, so I take them on the road. I do carry a nice bag and luggage and, you know, crazy, obscene, ridiculous things because that's all I have with me on the road. And that was something that I had confirmed. I remember talking to a hostie. What do you call them in America? I like 
um, airline crew, the person who works, we call them hosties, like short for hostess in Australia. Uh, but she was saying she had a beautiful pen. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's gorgeous. And she said, look, this is really all I can carry on the road with me, my pen, my jewelry, my sunglasses. And I thought that was really interesting. She's taking beauty with her because when she sees it, she realizes she's worth it. Mm, it's it's so good. I mean, what you're talking about, really, it's this this idea of little luxuries, little mm-hmm. experiences. I mean, luxury, I mean, it, it's an energy. Luxury is a source of energy in a world where we are depleted of that at every single turn. So I love this idea of sort of being a little more intentional about, gosh, well, what kind of luxury? What does luxury feel like for me? How do I experience it? Also, how do I perceive it? Because I think sometimes, especially in today's climate, you know, we have this recession looming, we're post-pandemic, You ha- we have Marie Kondo and Does It Spark Joy and minimalism. There's this whole sort of other vibe in the climate <laughs> where you and I have discussed like, gosh, people can be kind of judgy sometimes about luxury. Like, is it appropriate? Is it too much? And sure. what's in- they're just measuring it through their lens, their experience. Maybe for them growing up, their mom was so obsessed with luxury that they ignored them. So they, you know, maybe they right. associate luxury with like not focusing on what matters, which is love or whatever yeah. their story is, their luxury story. Right. Everyone's is different. But I think by understanding what your research has found, like these different archetypes, I find it so interesting because you can understand why you feel the way you do about it. You can, you know, figure out how can you, if you're approaching a high net worth investor or a leader individual or your everyday, you know, the the people that are around you that you're blessed enough to have helping you and your team and serving you and how do we think about life's little luxuries? So I am so excited to hear about these archetypes. And can you walk them, walk us through them? Because I want to see, I want to see which one I am. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, let me tell you about my friend, Tammy. Tammy is someone who is constantly busy, has so many projects on the go. She is not opposed to luxury by any means, but to her, she doesn't prioritize it because there's so many other things that she could be spending her money on and it's just all too hard, right? And so my friend Tammy, if you think about Tammy, she, she'll she absolutely invest and she'll invest well, but it's all just too hard. She is what we would call the reluctant and the removed. When it comes to luxury, these are the people who they get it, but there's so many things on their plate. Right. So to them, it's just luxury is hard. And they often think that luxury brands don't understand them. And so that's an interesting insight into this particular one. Mm. The second person is, let me tell you about my friend Tamsin. Oh, I'm sorry. I have a question. So she thinks luxury does not understand her. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Luxury brands don't understand her. And so I think that is an interesting insight for people who are listening, the companies who are listening to this podcast, because you all have reluctant and removed clients. And for example, say my luxury travel clients, when they have a couple in front of them, say they have a husband and a husband and the two husbands come to them and one husband is reluctant and removed and the other husband might be a luxury lover. And they both are equal parts of the decision-making process, but sometimes brands just talk to the luxury lover. And in actual fact, they need to be able to think about what the reluctant and removed needs to hear in order for them to make the decision. Interestingly, the reluctant and removed Aaron can be influenced by other archetypes, right? But 
it's just, it takes too much time to do the research and do all the things. And so they want it to be easier. So if you want to speak the luxury language to this person as a brand, you want to talk to them about how you're going to make it easy, how you're going to do it all for them, how it's going to be seamless. Here's the other thing to remember, Erin, they are not going to post on social media because they think people will judge them mm-hmm. if they talk about the things, right? That's their so story. that's a very yeah. interesting distinction with this one. Okay, cool. Okay. So let's talk about my friend Tamsin. Tamsin, let's call her, she's what we call the pro prioritizer. And the pro stands for professional. This is the person who dresses for success. They believe in reliability and quality from brands. She's the person who will wear her fabulous DVF dress, Dana von Furstenberg, for people who are listening, and she looks fabulous because she knows the dresses in her closet uh, could last for 10 or more years and be timeless. She's also the person who is very focused on thinking through how the luxury gives her more confidence, makes her feel more powerful. And she is very aware of what brands are doing from an environmental and a social impact. So if you are a brand listening to this, you have pro-prioritizers. They will absolutely invest in luxury, but it's often related to their career, the bag they carry, the vacations they take, and they believe the vacations that they take help develop their professional and personal development because they're extending their experience. So it's another interesting thing about this group. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to appeal to the pro-prioritizer, they feel like luxury is power. It gives not power as in, yay, look at me, I'm so powerful. It gives them an internal confidence and makes them feel more powerful. Like a fuel. It fuels them. Yes. So they're not going to be the ones who are going to be covered in brands, uh, but they are the ones who will have uh, very much quality over quantity is something. So if you're targeting this person, you want to be able to speak the language of how what you're sharing with them is going to help advance their uh, presence, their career. Mm. Interestingly too, something that's really great about this group that I discovered is they love mentoring others. They love sharing these luxury experiences with others so that they can also help other people develop. And Tamsin is just like that. Make sense? Yeah, I love this. Okay. Okay. What are the other two? Let's talk about my third one. This is what I think you are. This is my person who is pretty cool, calm, and collected. They're confident. They think their personal life is great. Their work life is great. They don't need luxury. They can certainly enjoy it. It's not their highest priority. They feel very comfortable making decisions about luxury. They don't consult many people if they do want to make a luxury purchase. But for them, it's not necessary. It's just lovely to have. So you can live in Laguna Beach with a fabulous, beautiful view of the beach. You don't need a working dishwasher and all of the fancy things. You simply just want to be able to enjoy all that's around you. That's who we call my confident and content. Does that sound familiar to you? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Okay. I love this so much. Okay. So, and who's the fourth? Okay, that is, let's say that's me. Now, I know you shouldn't talk about yourself, but I remember the readout from the the company we used, Susan's in charge of it. And she said, Neen, before I tell you the readout of this archetype, this is you. So this we have called the luxury lover. You're going to know a luxury lover. You are, as you're hearing me explain this, you're going to know people in your life immediately. You're going to literally have people come to mind, whether they're friends or in your community, church, temple, or in your workplace. This is the person who says, I am worth it. They are the person who looks for luxury in their everyday. They love the brands. They love the things. Not only do they love it, they love to share it. 
but they also, the reason that they love luxury so much is because it's something that they can do to also help them feel more confident, but it is something that does make everything that they're doing feel just overall better. This is the person who doesn't think twice about luxury. And if they make a decision about a luxury purchase, you can't talk them out of it. They're not also going to consult anyone about it. They think I'm worth it. I've deserved it. I've earned it. But also what's interesting about this person is not only are they a luxury lover, but these are the brand advocates you seek. Because if they love what you're offering, they will shout it from the rooftops, not only through the the modes we know, like you mentioned social media earlier today, but they are the people who will refer you to their network. They're the people who write the client testimonial. They're the people that you want to have. So think through all four types. So just a quick refresher. Yeah. We've got the reluctant and the removed. And by the way, the percentages across the research study were very similar, almost a quarter each. Reluctant and removed, to them, luxury is hard. It's just hard. To the pro-prioritizer, luxury is power. To the uh, confident and content, luxury is, I've got this. And to the luxury lover, they say, I'm worth it. And if you can just get your head around that, you'll start to see the type of clients you serve, the team members that you're surrounded by. And then what you can do is understand your own archetype, and then you can communicate through the filter knowing who is in front of you. And they give away signs, Erin. Okay, they just give away signs. So one of the things people can find on our website is we have a whole luxury language dictionary people can download as a PDF. And you can also access this research, by the way. You go to my website, you can get it. But one of the things that's interesting about all four is we have them in our lives all around us. And even as you're listening, I want you to think about, well, which one am I? And the other thing just to know, Erin, is some influence the others. So the pro-prioritizers and the luxury lovers can absolutely influence the reluctant and removed, and to some extent, the confident and content as well. I love this so much. I just drew my little grid. I know you do contextual models. This is (laughs) pathetic, but this is my version of outlining what you just said. Love it. First thing coming to mind for me, as you're running through these archetypes and this super interesting body of research, is relationships. When I Mm -hmm. think about an everyday luxury, for me, I adore fresh flowers, have to have fresh flowers in my house at all times. When I don't, because I am calm and content, confident, what is it again? Confident and content. Calm is true too. Because I am uh, confident and content. If I don't have flowers, I'm not like, it's like I can't function. Like I cannot do my writing without the roses, right? But, (laughs) But I do like when I'm in my house, when I have fresh flowers, I just feel that all is well in the world. It feels right. Yeah. Hartman 100%. believes flowers to be the biggest waste of money. He's like, you're killing a beautiful, live, lovely plant. It is so outrageous. They die three, four days later. There is, mm-hmm. it's so wasteful. I mean, he does not get it. So he buys me flowers every week solely because it makes me feel joy. It brings me peace. It makes me feel that life He's is speaking good. your luxury language. He's speaking my luxury language. However, right. it took me about eight years for me to communicate with him that this matters to me. <laughs> I think we communicate from the place we feel most comfortable. We communicate through our luxury lens. 
And what well, the people who care for us so deeply, and if we're really paying attention to the people around us, we get to then flip that and think, well, how do I communicate with them in their luxury language? Mm-hmm. Hartman's yes. smart. I love Hartman. Well, he, he is hands- one yeah. smarty pants, right? But he learned that's important to you. Exactly. And when he hands over the flowers, as he did two days ago, I light up. I'm so joyful, even though it happens pretty, not every week, but most, most weeks, I'm, I'm like radiating with joy. And what does he do? He rolls his eyes because he still believes it to be so wasteful. So my question for you is for our listeners that are married to a Hartman, or maybe they just, maybe they're the luxurious heart. Maybe, the maybe eye, they're the eye roller. Yeah. yeah, maybe there's a lot more on the line than $13 Trader Joe's roses. Like, for example, yeah. if you're looking to purchase a home or a car or a vacation, you know, it's post-pandemic, yeah. we're reevaluating. So you're, you're having these conversations and one partner is more of a Tammy where luxury is hard. Maybe it's mm-hmm. from the story yeah. that they learned, their luxury story from their childhood and their partner let's say is maybe more of a you, more of a luxury lover, more of an, I am worth it. We are worth it. We have earned it. This is why we get up and do the hard things so we can sip the bubbles later. So to you, it helps make sense of how you're investing your energy and your time and all your precious time on this, this planet. So, so how can we, if people are in a relationship with a different luxury archetype, what are some of the ways they can begin to unravel that and maybe mitigate it a little bit better? Like, let's say that they're a luxury is hard and they're married to a luxury is worth it. How, how do they navigate that? You need to own your archetype. If you are the luxury lover, you can't force other people to be like that or have expectations that if you give them the beautiful flowers because you need them, they're going to light up like Aaron does. So stop putting your expectations on others. You can still enjoy it for yourself, but just set free that. Now you also have a responsibility to communicate what's important to you in your relationships and the people that you love around you. Part of being a grown up is telling them what's important to you, even if it's not the same as what's important to them. In your relationship with Hartman, he's still going to roll his eyes potentially. But one of the things that's important to think about is you were brave enough to say, this is really important to me. And so own your archetype is the first thing I would say. Communicate about why things are important to you and your archetype and what that does for you and what that means for you. And stop putting expectations on other people to communicate in your luxury language. Mm-hmm. That's pretty high expectations. I think a better way to do it is for the people who you are really focused on that you really love, whether it is the people you share your life with, the clients that you serve, the team that you serve. Think about what could you do to help speak their luxury language, right? And so I think about the opportunity where I might have friends who have never experienced some ridiculous champagne that I love. I will make sure that I say, this is why I love this. This is why it's important. I know this is crazy, but let's do this together. And then when they experience it, they're like, oh, I see what you mean, right? So maybe think about when you're creating an environment, if something is important to you, Don't dampen your joy just because you're worried about what they're going to think. Share your joy. Be that light. Be the one who can say, and this is why it's important to me. And by the way, it's not always going to work for you. Not everyone's going to appreciate your my idiosyncrasies, that's for sure. But I think what you want to consider is see it from their perspective as well. Mm -hmm. Think about why it's important to them to save money. Think about why it's important for them to be responsible and the person who is really keeping on track. Good 
Lord, if it was just up to me, like we wouldn't have any savings and beautiful homes and all the vacations and things, you know, I need someone to balance me out. So you also want to appreciate the things that you're good at and appreciate the things that other people are good at as well. So does that make sense? I think you've got to have such a great awareness of how you're showing up in the world, but you're also now going to be even more aware. I've given you another piece to the puzzle in how you're wired. You're going to start to categorize people in your life. You're going to go, oh, she's a pro-prioritizer. Oh, he's reluctant and removed. And that's okay. But I'm going to ask you to use this as a guideline, not as an excuse. I love that. It's really good counsel. I tend to look at people through their astrological signs, which is completely outrageously California. Many people are obsessed with StrengthsFinder or their Myers-Briggs and and oh, especially so many. so many, but here's the thing, whatever you anchor on that helps you to better look at your audience, look at your prospect, look at your boss, whoever mm-hmm. you're trying to align yourself with, perhaps it is for sales, perhaps it's for collaboration, creativity, leadership. It's applicable across the board. And so, you know, I'm even thinking like in my sales and leadership training, we're always trying to evaluate what kind of decision maker we have. Is it someone who is an impetuous decision maker? Is it someone who has to counsel their friends, someone who has to, you know, sleep on it and process and understanding how they like to lean into you is really important because it allows you to adjust your behavior, be that chameleon that all great salespeople have a certain element of while retaining authenticity. And so I think if we're trying to apply the luxury archetypes to, let's see, from a buying perspective, let's say we have a lot of, for example, mm-hmm. we have a lot of real estate, a lot of sales pros, a lot of entrepreneurs on this podcast. So if they are sizing someone up, are there certain questions that can help us to shortcut trying to figure, not, we're not putting people in boxes, but we're just looking for some key indicators or language to say, oh, okay. This one is probably maybe like a a pro-prioritizer, luxury lover hybrid, you know, just kind of getting an idea of where they are. Yeah, sure. One of my favorite questions is, tell me what's important to you. Just open. Tell me what's important to you, right? And people are going to be, some people are going to be about reliability and long-lasting and affordable. And some people might be, well, it needs to be environmentally friendly and it needs to be socially responsible and other people and I'm thinking say let's say you're realtors who are listening and other people might say oh I just want to walk into my home and just feel relaxed right so what's going to happen is by asking the question tell me what's important to you about whatever product you're selling tell me what's important about this particular a beauty product or tell me what's important about the home we're going to find for you or tell me what's important so easy way it's open and then shut up ask and be quiet because they're going to give you insights, right? The language, the animation, the tone, their body language, if you're in person, you're going to start to read that. Now, also watch the way, if you're fortunate to be in person, watch the way they walk to you with the confidence level they have, the things that they carry, the way they dress the body. Think also about the way they answer your questions so that you're looking for some of these keys. But I think the easiest question to start with, Erin, is, Tell me more. Now, one of the things that's interesting about the research is we even were able to discover how long each of these four archetypes takes to make a decision around luxury. Mm. And we even got it down to how much. So, you know, 
purchases less than 500 or whatever, how long it's going to take. And that's all outlined. You can download a PDF, which will give you that level of information. And we also have a tool on our website. You can go in and play with it yourself and say, tell me about this. And you'll be able to sort the data for what you're looking for. First thing I would say is tell me more. The second thing that you want to think about is you can't assume because of the way someone is dressed or the car they drive or the way they carry themselves that it equals one of these archetypes. The luxury lovers are a little bit of a giveaway because chances are they have brands on them somewhere. Okay. But but maybe they're really a pro prioritizer. I have a client right now and she is involved in public relations. And I when she walked towards me and all the interactions I've had with her, I was like, she's Chanel head to toe. And and I'm so jealous and in the nicest possible way because she's the most exquisite <laughs> thing. But what we discovered is she's not a luxury lover. She's a pro-prioritizer. She uses those external things to advance her career, which makes sense given that she is spotlighting so many things around her. So think about don't judge people too quickly. But Mm. when you, you know, one of the things I talk about in one of my books, Attention Pays, is the, the challenge I put to my reader in that is it's all about intentional attention, right? We're always being told pay attention. We're sick of being told to pay attention. But it's about intentional attention. And one of the things I challenge readers to do is listen with your eyes. So that's how this is really helpful, right? Because if you think about, if you're going to ask a question, stop and listen with your eyes so you get to see not only what is spoken, but you hear the unspoken as well. Yeah. It's interesting because even as you're talking about how we are sizing up someone that we're talking to, mm-hmm. we are evaluating their vibe, right? Like it's to your point, it's it's what wasn't said. It's what what question they didn't answer. What did they want to avoid? I mean, that speaks volumes. Yeah. And I think what's what's so funny is that like the word the word luxury, I think you're going to be seeing as you embark upon this new sort of body of work or iteration of your existing body of work. I think it's going to start to redefine people think about it, which is really powerful because I hope so. because there is there are inherent assumptions around the word. OK, so someone's thinking, oh, I don't sell luxury. I don't sell Chanel. I don't sell. But it's like, OK, if you are in any type of a service provider or product providing business, you are looking yeah. someone in the eye and you're saying, I can save you time, which is the greatest luxury of all. I can save you True. money which allows us to ultimately acquire the more traditional definition of luxury. And finally, is there anything more luxurious than being pain-free, than feeling healthy, than feeling light? And so every single salesperson needs to start thinking about that the the solutions they're providing, the relief to the pain points, that is, those are the luxuries that matter the most to people. That's a luxury of, of feeling better about how they exist and how they operate. I mean, I can't think of anything more powerful. But the other thing I would add to that, you're right, and everyone listening is selling themselves. You're selling yourself, whether you like it or not. You are selling yourself to your boss, to your colleagues, to your team, to your community, to your church, to your temple, to your relationships. You are a walking package. You, the way you speak, the way you dress, the way you stand, the way you acknowledge the emails, the way you return voicemails, all of these experiences people have of you you're selling yourself constantly. So wouldn't it be cool if you knew how you showed up, you had a greater appreciation of how other people show up, and then you chose to elevate that? Because luxury could be as simple as, 
upgrade the pen that you carry so you don't have like a little cheapy pen that might be a dollar that you got somewhere, but you have just a little bit nicer pen. So when you go to sign something or you hand it over to someone, you're like, yeah, that's right. It just, it's a little elevation. Maybe you replace the paper napkins that you use at home for a meal with linen. Yes, it's extra washing, but maybe it just makes you feel a little bit more special. You know, when you sit down at a restaurant and then you have a lovely linen napkin, you just feel like mm, it's just a little more special. Maybe it's about elevating things constantly. So you're selling yourself out into the world, but you're selling yourself to you and saying, you know what? I've got this. Yeah. I'm worth it. I can do this. And that little bit of extra confidence, whatever that takes, that's going to help you have the conversations you need to have. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I just feel sorry for the reluctant category because luxury shouldn't be hard. I'm not trying to judge the one category because obviously I can literally (laughs) name probably 10 people that fall into the Tammy category. And because it's not mm-hmm. my category, I'm automatically like, well, that's so sad for them, right? But but I, I just, I would hope that, that everyone feels that they're worth it. I would hope everyone feels calm and confident. Everyone feels powerful. I would hope that people don't feel like it's hard because of everything you just said, that it is energy. It's about abundance. And I think that even just like listening to this conversation, hopefully people walk away and they're just a little more intentional. Like, gosh, how do I think about the beautiful things in my life? And, and if I don't like that answer, how can I change that? And, And how can I make sure that when I'm talking to other people, I'm thinking about what, what kind of luxury can I bring to them and help them to step into that, that power. So I would also, I would challenge the, there's nothing wrong with being reluctant and removed. Like when I, think <laughs> I, know, about I just it, judged it. I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. Well, but here, let me just let me build on that because they're so focused on so many other things, right? So luxury is not a priority for them. Out in the world, an example of this would be, let's say, Brene Brown. So for your listeners, they all know who Brene Brown is. She is one of the smartest women that I've ever learned from, and. No one was talking about vulnerability before Brene Brown came out. She always looks fabulous. She knows her message. She's super smart. Is luxury a priority for her? No. Is she going to take a luxury vacation? Sure. Is she going to tell anyone it? Nope. She's not going to post about that amazing vacation she took. And by the way, we're not besties, although that would be super cool. I really admire what she's done in the world. So when you think through all the archetypes, right, These are people that we admire in our everyday lives. They just might look at luxury differently. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing. They look at it differently. They think about it differently. They'll still appreciate it, but it's just not a priority. That's the other thing. Do you think it's generational? Do you think it has to do with with the events we've lived through? Because when you think about like our grandparents, right? Like there were no spas or self-care really in our grandparents' era, because it was so much war and so much turmoil and so much thing. And so now it's interesting that, you know, so our, like my parents are, are boomers. So that generation, it's, you know, it's a once a year vacation. Like that is the definition of luxury. Maybe a nice bottle of wine on a Saturday night, but that's cool. like, even when I buy candles for my mom, she's like, oh my gosh, she never wants to burn the candles. I buy these Trudon candles that are from France. They're like 150 bucks. They are the original candle maker that's been in palaces in France that I discovered at the Waldorf Astoria in Amsterdam after a client event. Yes, I am bragging. And it just <laughs> smells fabulous. And when you burn it, you are transported to this fabulous, luxurious place where I celebrated, where I celebrated yes. after rocking an event that I worked very, very hard on. Full circle, right? right. That's the why. It's not the champagne and the Waldorf Astoria. It was, I just worked for 90 days in this project and mission way accomplished. So I totally agree with yes. the definition there. 
but she will keep it in her house and I will come back the next Christmas and it will not have been burnt. <laughs> and I'm like, mom. And she's like, I just, I feel bad burning it. So then you have our generation and younger. So I'm, I'm an old millennial and you have, I, we have, you know, the, like we have the disease, my sister's age. And it's like, we're all, we lean so hard into self-care. We lean so hard into like the monthly massage, the monthly facial, our green juice, our water. We are ultra luxury. And so I wonder if it's like, because we've been through the pandemic and God love us and we survived it, you know? So the study was done just after the pandemic. So it's kind of just on the end. So that's one thing. The other thing was it wasn't, uh, there was a variety of ages. I have all ages represented in the study. And yet those four archetypes came to the top. Now, I have a lady in my life who is, she's now 88. This is a woman who I like, she is going to wear her best jewelry out. She's going to drink from a wine glass, never plastic glass. She's going to make sure that she always looks fabulous. She is like, I love her. I should have been adopted by her. Like she's amazing. <laughs> so for her, and she has been and seen, and she had like seven kids. So she is someone who didn't have luxury growing up, but she's yeah. looking to create luxury experiences. And this is what we have to constantly remember It's about experiences, not things. It's about taking 10 minutes to look your partner in the eye and say, how was your day? And tell me about that and being off devices. Or maybe it's about taking a walk with Betty White on the beach and having that time just to yourself. That's a luxury, right? Undistracted time. So we've got to start thinking of it more as experiences, not expenses. And that's a key definition here. So I don't think it's generational. I think that maybe different generations have a different appreciation for luxury because they weren't as exposed to it. Now we could be total brats because now we have people who have titles like influencers and we follow people because they're famous, not because they've accomplished anything. And that to me is mind blowing. When you look at our grandparents, they didn't have those inputs. And so we have to really safeguard our inputs. I even curate my social media feed. I only want positive inputs. I only subscribe to newsletters and magazines that are going to be positive inputs in my life. To me, that's a luxury. I curate my inbox. The magazines like Success Magazine is one of the magazines I read because I really enjoy the quality of the articles, right? And so what you want to think about is the experience experiences you can create. Mm -hmm. And if you know someone's not the same luxury style as you, then tell them why it's important to you. Maybe they come with you on the journey. Maybe they don't. And that's okay. But we can't be judgy about the different types because they're all out there and they're around us. I was judging it. <laughs> but now yeah. I'm not. <laughs> you are now. You just have a, a deeper green. I wish everyone was luxury lovers. It would be so easy in my world. Everyone would be drinking champagne. It'd be amazing. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, why isn't everyone just a luxury lover? Because I actually was going to say that after I had two judgments. My first judgment was like, God love the poor reluctance. And my second judgment was like, should we all be striving to be luxury lovers? Because, and here's why. No. At the, well, here's my question. At the center of that, because what I heard was the word worth. Yeah. What I heard was the word worth. And when I heard the word worth, I leaned forward and said, gosh, wouldn't that be incredible if we could all feel worthy of life's beautiful moments at the deepest possible level? So that's where I sort of leaned in and said, 
maybe we could all try to be more like that, but, but to each their own. I also think here's my question. If we decide, okay, so let's say I am the calm and confident, but sometimes I, I will admit I am kind of like can take it or leave it, but there are some times where I feel that maybe the work I did didn't merit you know, celebrating some of the smaller, I do tend to sometimes hold on for like the bigger milestones to celebrate. And when you were talking about the luxury lover, I thought to myself, gosh, how beautiful to be more intentional that you could celebrate your partner's day to your point, you know, asking about that or celebrate the walk on the beach. And so I feel like maybe it like, can we aspire to cross the grid and (laughs) step into other archetypes or are we, we are who we are. (laughs) Yeah. Remember my story about my mom. There's no way my mom is a luxury lover. Like just, there's just no way, right? But what mom was very focused on was saying you're worth a fresh flower from the garden to look at something beautiful every day, right? So one of the things just to think, yes, you can aspire to be whatever you want, but you can all bring luxury into your everyday. There's so many simple ways to do that. I have one of my tattoos says be amazing, A H. M-A-Z-I-N-G. Amazing. Because every single morning I want to wake up and go, that's amazing. I want to be in awe and wonder of the world in which we live. And so this visual reminder is something that I hang on to. And so I think we can all bring luxury in. It could be the sheets you sleep on, the tea or the coffee that you drink. I drink out of a Tiffany coffee mug. Yes, that's ridiculous. But you know what? I love that cup of coffee in the morning. So what you want to think about is just chose to elevate the conversations they have, the environment they're in. Like people are always like, one day I'll wear the beautiful dress. One day I'll use grandma's china. One day, one day, one day. But what if one day is today? Like that's what the luxury experience is. So if you're fortunate to have a memory of someone you love, pull it out and use it. She will be so proud of you for doing it. If you have beautiful jewelry, someone gifted you, just wear it, like do the things. If the world has taught us anything in the last few years is to truly create moments that matter, luxury, however that means to you, is just a very simple way of doing it. Bring it into your everyday because you're worth it. You matter. And those moments, gosh, they matter too. But it's interesting because you think about like my mom, like it drives me crazy. She's not burning this Trudon candle. And it's like, and you think it's a waste. I do. She thinks it's a waste to burn it. I think it's a waste not to burn it. These are two completely different psychologies. It's a waste because she's not enjoying it. Yes. Right. And, it, and it makes me actually it is a love language. And I feel lightly, I don't like lose sleep over it, but I do feel a little you insulted. Feel like she's disrespected. Yes. It's it. so yes. interesting. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. So to make it easy next time you go there, rather than harass your mom, <laughs> you go get a candle lighter. Take the wrapping off, mm-hmm. light the candle and say, I just want you to experience what I did when I was at the World of Asturia because I just come off 90 days of preparation. I did this show and it was amazing. And I want you to be there with me. And this is the smell I remember. Mm-hmm. So every time you light this, mom, I want you to know you've been an integral part of my journey. And that's why whenever I share this candle with you, it's because I want you to be with me because you're always in my heart when I stand on stage. And this is just my way of going, hey, mom, you were there. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So every time you light it and I want you to light it and I want you to inhale and I want you to remember you were with me that day. Mm. That's the story of the candle. That is so beautiful. That's the part you're talking about with sharing is is we yes. you're sharing the luxury 
to transfer the joy of the moment. Yes, that's exactly what it is, right? And so that's exactly what it is. And that that's one of the reasons I love champagne is you cheers, something, cheers, whatever you say, you clink your glasses together. You literally clink glasses together. You cheers, you look people in the eye and you go, I see you. We did great. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Same deal with the candle in your mouth. It gives meaning to same all same. the work. It gives it gives it meaning. It gives it meaning. And also, if we don't stop to acknowledge, we're just on the hedonic treadmill. I mean, it is just every day is Groundhog Day and hustle and burn and go. And it's like, what is the point if we don't stop and clink the glasses? It gives it gives the work meaning. Luxury gives my work meaning. That is my absolute truth about it. And I don't, I never even really thought about it. So I think that your work you're doing with this is really important because it helps us understand and, and embrace rather than hide or judge if that maybe was what we were taught to do. So I think it's really powerful. But you named what so many people who were listening would think about that. They're like, oh, that poor reluctant move, especially if they're a luxury lover. But it's it's not that. It's just they experience it differently. It's not as high a priority, mm-hmm. right? But gosh, they can enjoy it. Our friend Tammy, you bring her into the luxury world and she's loving life. Like she loves it. She can enjoy it with other people. She can be influenced to invest or, or participate. It's just not top of mind. Yeah. And so I think luxury lovers and pro prioritizers have a responsibility on this planet to make things more beautiful and create experiences. People go, oh yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of invite them in. You can eat the fast food place if that's what you want. Or you can sit down with some linens and just take your time to eat the meal. Can you just elevate things you do every day that doesn't have to be expensive? It just feels really good to you. Mm, I love it. It's so good, Neen. And I just cannot wait to see how this unfolds at a deeper level. You are going to have a a quiz, a takeaway, an ebook. Tell us more in the show notes. We're going to have it. NeenJames.com. Correct. And so there you can download the executive summary of the research when you go to neanjames.com and it will share with you not only all of the four archetypes we talked about, what luxury language they speak, and it will give you so much insight, especially if you are in leadership or sales. This can be incredibly helpful for you with your team. The other thing that you'll find on there is you can download a luxury language dictionary so you can speak the language specifically of the archetype that you know that you are working with. So when you go to neanjames.com, you can do that. If you want to follow my adventures, you mentioned Instagram, Erin, that's where I play all the time. And so you will start to see so much more of this research being shared there. Now, what's interesting is you mentioned my curated grid of Instagram. Yes, that always looks fabulous. I'm not going to be super ugly photos on that. But watch the stories and you get to see way behind the scenes. So that's how I use Instagram, maybe a little differently than others. You get to see no makeup, coming back from a run or whatever, And there's all kinds of unglamorous there. I love it. Well, I feel like it's very luxurious to be your dear friend for all of these years. Thank you for the luxury of your brilliance that you shared with our team and our community today. Just adore you. And thank you for sharing all of your beautiful work with us today. I just, I adore you. It was a privilege. Thank you for everything you're doing in the world and really giving a voice to the brilliant thought leaders that you've showcased. It's phenomenal. I love it. Thanks for being with us. Talk to you soon, my love. Thank you again. So whether you are a luxury lover, maybe a pro-prioritizer, or maybe a calm and confident, 
possibly a reluctant luxury person. Whatever archetype you have discovered, you can learn to speak the language of luxury. Whether you are selling luxury to potential prospects or clients, or even just trying to sell it within your own home to your partner, or maybe just selling it to yourself. To bring more of life's beautiful, joyful moments into your orbit, check out Mean James at meanjames.com. And also you can find her on Instagram at meanjames. Well, friends, I sure hope today has helped you to feel inspired to think about luxury differently, because I'll tell you what, you are here to live life on your terms, personally and professionally. And so it's my hope that after listening to our conversation today, you feel a little bit more inspired, a little more confident, and a little more clear that today is a wonderful day to live life on your terms. Till next time, friends.